Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by Rick Bavro of Austin Underground. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and Inside Texas. And guys, we're two days away from kickoff. Sark has a press conference today. Obviously, I know everyone's hoping to hear injury updates, but what are some of the other things that y'all are looking forward today from Coach Sark when he takes the podium? I just think just general tenor of the team and emotion of the team and um, here's Texas is in a unique situation right now. Uh, this year they have not been in this five in one area, uh, in quite some time, right? And so, how do you feel or right now? How's the team going to react to its first loss of the season? A team that they a, a game that they very well could have won. I, I think I'm going to be listening to see what he says about that, although I'm not sure what he says is actually going to going to sway me one way or the other. I want to see it on Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, that being said, injuries will take precedent. I mean, they, they will be the big news because Texas right now is looking at one major p- positional piece, uh, and that is at center. Uh, with Jake Majors uncertain as of right now, uh, Connor Robertson, uh, the backup, uh, actually the third stringer behind Cole Hudson. Cole Hudson also out. And Steve Sarkeesian said on Monday that Cole Hudson was further away from competing and playing than Jake Majors himself. Uh, and so for me, that's the that's the position uh, that I'm waiting to see and really want to hear what Steve Sarkeesian has to say. Uh, beyond that, Jalen Catalan and Ryan Watts in the secondary. I uh, want to hear more about that. JT Sanders at tight end. And I'd like him to, to, to address. <laughs> address Spencer Blossett made me laugh. <laughs> I want to. I want him to dra- uh, address Jerry and and Blake, uh, Cedric Baxter as well, uh, and where he's been in his uh, his uh, improvement in the last two weeks. Well, I, I think that's an important one because um, uh, C- Coach Brian Irwin, by the way, will be joining us at eight thirty. Somebody asked about that. He's joining us at eight thirty to talk uh, about the game this week. I think that's a great point on um, Cedric Baxter because here's the reality: the next two games Texas is playing the 97th ranked rush defense and the number 80th ranked rush defense in the country in U of H and BYU. So there's going to be opportunities. Last night, Rod and Ray Peters and I were talking about Jonathan Brooks could have two big games here, but I I really think Texas would like to get Cedric Baxter rolling a little bit. Make sure Jonathan Brooks is healthy. This isn't a statistical. Uh, this is These aren't games to stack stats necessarily. These are games – uh, to to ensure you run the ball well. Uh, I, I expect to see Cedric Baxter uh, get going. I think Texas wants to get him going, take a little bit off the plate of Jonathan Brooks to ensure he's always 100% throughout this season. So I, I totally agree with that, Bobby. I think that's going to be a uh, very interesting. And, and the other one is center for me. I mean, I, I know everybody's talking about defensive backs. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they go with Connor Robertson again this week. I mean, it, look, you – you should um, you should be able to win this game with Connor Robertson at center. I think it would be valuable experience for him. Um, and, and I I don't think U of H now Nelson Caesar's a good player, but U of U of H doesn't have necessarily have the type of defense uh, to give you fits. And, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went with Connor Robertson again this week. Gets him a little experience, gives them another week to get Jake Majors healthy and Cole Hudson healthy. All right, guys. Well, uh, one of the other things that, and well, before I even get to that, as Jerry said, Coach Brian Irwin will be joining us at 8.30. But one of the other things that I wanted to talk about this morning, it's been a hot topic on Inside Texas, it was a hot topic in the chat yesterday, was that a of course, recently had a decommitment. Jerry, I know you talked about it yesterday, but what are some of the other things that you might be hearing that are happening behind the scenes? Yeah, I think there's a, look, that, this there comes there comes a lot of indecision. You know, I was at a high school yesterday. I'm not going to n- name the school um, yesterday afternoon, but uh, you know there was some talk amongst that that head coach and that staff of things going on at A and M. Um, and so they have a kid that's committed to A and M uh, where I was yesterday afternoon. So uh, that stuff's going to keep heating up, and and that's going to be an issue. I mean, look, Terry Bussey. I mean, I may put in a flip pick to LSU at any point in time on Terry Bussey. Weston Davis, I could do the same thing there. Um, 
So then what happens then from the Texas side is then Ty Anthony Smith comes more into play. Look, these guys are all close, uh, especially those East Texas guys, Southeast Texas guys. Draylon Miller looks like he's headed to LSU over USC unless the family lets him go far away from home, which they didn't do the first go round because he really liked USC. I think LSU is going to be a big benefactor here, guys. I, I really do uh, because they finished second on a number of these recruitments. Um, and, and they're they're positioning themselves right now for for those flips. But for the guys Texas may have interest in, uh, which would be a Ty Anthony Smith, and if the McKinley family actually started reaching out to Texas, dominant McKinley. I mean, the more guys that uh, get shaky around the A and M class, the more negativity there is, and the more questions about direction of the program. That's really the big one: direction of the program. Uh, because then the flip side is I'm, I'm going to post a uh, flips point 1.0 article on Inside Texas about 930 this morning. Then the flip side of that is University of Florida had a big win, right? Um, and, and Texas continues to talk to Xavier Phil Same, Wardell Mack, Isaiah Williams, a new wide receiver offer. The flip side is Florida's showing some signs of life if they finish out their season strong, right? And so We'll see what happens, but a lot of these uh, battles that Texas has right now are with SEC teams as far as flipping commitments. That's Auburn. Texas is still trending favorably for DeAndre Carter. They've had good discussions with him even yesterday, um, but there's a uh, – Auburn's not going going to go quietly. They want to have a big finish to their recruiting class. They need something because they ain't got much else. Yeah. I mean, no offense, but that, that felt a lot like the Texas – they're worse than Texas was at five and seven. Yes. That Auburn team is a bad football team right now. Very, I, very the bad. portal's the real way they're going to get well. It's That's not the only way. Yeah. Freeze won't have time to go through a development of prospects of high school all the way year one through year four. All right. Well, if Jerry, if you're ready, we're going to let you tell everybody about Manscaped this morning, which I know is one of people's favorite times of the morning. Uh, hey, it's one of my favorite times <laughs> of the morning, man. Why wouldn't it be, man? Unbelievable products Manscaped has. Look, I mean, gentlemen across the nation, I have an urgent message for you again. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The brand that took your balls to space is now launching them into the ultra, ultra sphere, introducing the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting-edge design, and next-generation dual-blade heads, skin-safe blade heads for different shaves. It's pretty much a spaceship to take your boys downstairs to the next level. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the brand-new The Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code ONTEXAS, all caps, high-tech for low-space places, manscape.com on texas all cap uh, all caps for 20 percent off again guys i mean look great products by manscape i i've had them in my repertoire i i don't know 15 plus years now guys <laughs> bobby loves it my son's had them in his repertoire for a couple of years and will for the next 40 50 years uh so uh the uh, the um, great products, guys. Great products. Balloween is right around the corner. Colton says, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I tell you, last night, Jerry, my son came in and he goes, he he looked over there and he goes, Whoa, you got manscaped in my mind instantly. You remember the first thought when he said that. Right hey, I, I got news for all of us dads out there. Our kids know more than us and they know a hell of a lot more than we think. <laughs> That's true. And we want to admit to. That is true. Oh, man. My other favorite part of when you read Manscaped is watching Bobby's reactions. I wish, I wish everybody out there could see it when you read them. Oh, gosh. All right, guys. Plenty of time to get your questions in right here on Coffee and Football. And let's just go ahead and start because we do have some. We'll start with recruiting since that was the last thing that we're talking about. But uh, I wanted to get your take on this. And this is more of a comment. But 817 Mr. Talk Too Much says, those Duncanville boys coming in are going to be impact freshmen, in my opinion. What do you all think about that? Well, I, I think there's definitely a high probability in in this, no matter if it's Colin Simmons, the best edge rush prospect in the country, or Alex January, who uh, credit the Mike January. He came on here and talked about his son's hand placement. 
they put in really good work. Alex is playing at a very high level as a senior. Obviously, giving up baseball uh, has helped uh, uh, accelerate that process. He's gotten stronger. He had spring football last year with Duncanville. But here's what gives both those guys a chance. They're both December high school graduates. And Colin Simmons would have had a chance anyways. But for an interior defensive lineman, Bobby, the fact that Alex January is coming in uh, in January, I think is huge. He gets that time with Tory Becton. He gets that those meet at meeting room and film time with Bo Davis. Then you get spring practice. You get adjusted to the physicality of the college game. Uh, and you're talking about a guy who's already 6'4 and a, what, a quarter, 320 in that range. And he's going to be 330 really well put together pounds by uh, August uh, before his first college game. So I think both those guys begin early enrollees. The, pre, the, the schedule they play against, that competition, the competition every day in practice is not like most high schools. Reginald Samples is a very disciplined football coach, a very disciplined guy to play for, whether it's weight room, off season. So these kids, are they aren't coming in green. They're coming in with some really good experiences that will help, that have helped get them prepared more than some high school kids for the Power 5 level. I think both those guys, because they're early enrollees, have a real shot. Hey, I want to mention this. This is a good time to mention something that I picked up on yesterday. Um, as you're mentioning good high school programs, Jerry, and, mm -hmm. and we all know about uh, uh, about Manny Muhammad and how he's played this year and, and done well, in my opinion. Uh, the bigger piece for me, and I just got, heard this from someone inside the program yesterday, Billy Walton out of South Oak Cliff, really starting to come on again. Yeah. Um, and so there was some thought maybe he, he might hit that freshman wall. Uh, but they the, the last week of practice, I was told that he was a, a real standout. Yeah. So let, let's see where that goes. Uh, but uh, or at least not necessarily a standout as much as he's going to be someone the Longhorns can really look towards long term. And again, that's from a program, South Oak Cliff. Uh, that has really performed well uh, the last couple of years and has a number of Longhorn targets on it right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, look, I, I love <clears throat> I love the athleticism on defense in that class and the upside of a lot of those guys. Uh, and if this staff continues to develop players at the rate they have, I think that cl class is going to turn up aces. I really do. They need it. They need it because uh, things are getting ready to change in the SEC. Yes. They're going to have to be more physical. And, you know, of all the things that Sark said on, on that Monday press conference, maybe the one that kind of surprised me the most, Jerry, was his talk about uh, forcing more fumbles. Not necessarily the turnover. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize this. Do you realize that Texas has only forced one fumble all year? And that wasn't necessarily a fumble. It was Jalen Catalan hitting. No, that wasn't even Catalan didn't hit him. Uh, the ball popped out before it even hit. Before Catalan even oh, hit. Of course, the one fumble that Texas recovered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catalan, exactly. forced I mean, the Catalan hit the hit him downfield. The, yeah. the quarterback, but I'm talking about the one that they recovered. Literally, right. just one. Well, and what's interesting about that is. Headed into the season, that was a point of emphasis by Sark. I, there was, I know, and they and, and, and they done it. Two things that he he mentioned in fall camp, getting the quarterback to the ground and creating more turnovers. And he was talking about at that time, they were working on, uh, because people asked about Derek Johnson, the ball strip, and he was talking about that with this team. And um, they're, go they're going back to that one. And look, and I talked about it with Rod and Ray Peters last night, is Sark's very transparent, other than injuries, which no coach should truly be. Um, he's pretty much told you, hey, we're a pass first to set up the run team. He's pretty much thrown it out there. He pretty much told Dana Holgerson and the rest of the half of the schedule Monday, we need to work on stripping the ball and causing more fumbles. He's put it out there so that so the opponents know what's coming from Texas. No doubt about it. All right, guys. Uh, Jerry, one more Duncanville question for you while we were on that subject a second ago from Antoine. He says, any thoughts on the newly offered 26 Duncanville wide receiver, Zachary Turner? I Nothing on him yet. Um, uh, I, 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 when I get more on that, I'm going to be up in Dallas next week. So I'll, I'll, I'll have more on that next week. All right. Well, let's go to some team-related questions, guys. And we'll start here uh, with not political, just the realist. He says, would y'all say the physicality we've shown so far – 
matches what you thought we would see or no. Personally, I thought the O-line would be mauling people more. Here's my problem with this. I think the off- offensive line has been more physical maybe than the defense at times. I, I kind of disagree. Yes, I think that the offensive line should be more uh, assertive earlier. But to, to go back to, to um, Steve Sarkeesian's point, the defense isn't really popping anybody. Tavondre Sweat is. There's, there's not big hits. I know, and there, we're, we're getting the big hits. Yeah, we're we're other than Catalan bringing it. I mean, nobody else is really jarring the football. Yeah, I mean that's so. I wouldn't say offensive line uh, as much as the defense. I mean, I just defense in general. I I do agree with the with Sark on this. That's something that we need to see more of a, a defense that more doles it out. I guess is the best way to put it as opposed to just accept it and tries to get people to the ground. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to push it too hard, but something has to happen there. Uh, Jesus Ortiz, uh, the linebacker from skyline is Elijah bridges, 2025. He was at the uh, cotton Bowl red river showdown. He also plays some running back about six, two and a half, two ten. Okay, then we have this question while we're on the subject of the defense. Zane Petty says, do you guys expect Ford to bounce back after Oklahoma? Our linebackers need to play better in the second half. I think what's – Bobby, I think what's interesting about incorporating a quarterback run game, it takes Ford away from maybe his strengths at time, which is in coverage, right? It – as Rod said, it puts him in conflict. So one thing about having a quarterback run game a little bit versus Texas, it keeps maybe keeps Ford from doing what he does best, which is interesting to me. See if Texas schemes around that somehow. I, I agree with that. And I think that maybe you use Anthony Hill in that uh, category, maybe a little bit better. Uh, I think that Hill is big enough uh, to, to bring Donovan Smith, who's 6'4 and a half, 6'5, 240 pounds, by the way. He's not a little guy. Uh, down or you use Benda and then allow yourself to use uh, Ford more in coverage. But I mean, Dana Holgerson's a, a bright offensive coach. Don't kid yourself. He's going to get things done and, uh, and be, uh, he's going to have answers to that. Uh, my question is whether or not Texas can, can really control them in the secondary, not necessarily in that front seven or the front six, but the, the secondary is a focal point for me in this game. And I, by the way, I expect U of H, they're going to try to get in the shootout, but I expect them to go a lot of tempo and keep Texas guys on the field in that heat. Because Ford played 81 snaps against OU. If Texas, if Houston could get those guys snap count up, the it's great to have depth. If there's one negative about playing all that depth, it's some of your frontline guys don't play enough snaps. And then when called upon, there's a difference between being in shape out and running and in football shape when you're getting hit every play. All right, guys. Well, we have Coach Brian Irwin coming on here in just a second on Coffee and Football presented by Austin Underground. But before we do that, I need to tell everybody about Prize Fix. And Prize Fix is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. You simply pick between two and two to six players, and if they'll go more or less than their Prize Fix projection. It's just you versus the projections available instead of battling thousands of other players. It's really simple to play. It takes almost no time. I can make my pick, submit my entry in less than 60 seconds, and it adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. You can watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick withdrawals. Tonight, I'll be switching gears away from football and turning my attention to baseball. I'm taking Arizona's starting pitcher to go under four strikeouts and the Phillies' starting pitcher to go over three strikeouts. So to join me, you can go to prizepicks.com slash Texas. Use promo code on Texas and you'll get a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash on Texas, promo code on Texas. Get that first deposit match and that's prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I, I don't hear you saying anything about the Rangers Astros today. You say it's just a matter of time. You've been Alvarez. That was a, I, look. Astros and Rangers, that what a fun series from for people from the state of Texas that like baseball. You know what I mean? It's just a, a good stuff. Uh, Al, Jordan Alvarez and Josh Jung are both just monster baseball players right now. I, I, we said before we came on air, I mean, uh, Alvarez will probably never stay healthy because he's not really physically built to be an athlete. 
but he may be the best I've ever seen that's not built to be an athlete. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got him. He's got, but one thing about his hip to toes not built to be an athlete, so it's going to be hard for him to stay healthy. But his hips are freaking amazing. <laughs> he can knock the you know what. Out it's just he's just not built to run in a sport where you have to run and push off bases. And it, it, that it's tough for him and play if he has to play in a position, it's gonna be tough for him to stay healthy. But he's a hellacious talent. He can swing the lumber. Yeah. That's 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 what that dude can do. No doubt about it. Well, let's, right. talk, let's talk to Brian Irwin. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna bring him in, Bobby. I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, hey coach, how you doing, man? Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. I like that jersey right there. That that hoodie's sweet, man. Yeah, I like I like these hoodies. This hoodie hoodie weather right now. Yeah, it is. Hey, uh, Coach, uh, Longhorns uh, go to uh, Houston this weekend. I talked to you a couple days ago uh, about it. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian uh, will address the media today at around 11 o'clock, talk a little bit about injuries. Anything in particular you're interested in what what Coach Sark has to say prior to uh, the game against Houston? Yeah, the injury situation, you know, with with, uh, Catalan, um, you know, he's he's one we, we, we really need to have. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see what our health looks like. You know, JT Sanders, how close is he to 100%, things like that. And then, uh, you know, just improvement. I'm, I'm looking for a huge jump in improvement uh, over the last couple of weeks between Oklahoma and our and our open week. Uh, when, when you get that open week at this time, especially after a loss, and you get to really focus down on what you need to do and your strengths and your weaknesses, uh, this is the time where we're going to make a jump, and I, and I truly believe we will. Hey, Brian, one of the things that uh, I talked to or that Steve Sarkeesian mentioned in his press conference uh, came to, to, to talk about uh, not causing enough fumbles mm-hmm. uh, and not it was turnovers in general, but he felt like they had gotten enough via the interception. He's really talking about jarring the ball loose. What, what you know, is it just not tackling aggressive enough? Is it not? I mean, what's the deal that would cause Texas not to cause as many forced fumbles as perhaps they want to? Lack of athleticism in some places, maybe? Maybe lack of athleticism, uh, lack of strength or power. You know, you, A, you can cause a fumble by just having a massive explosive hit. Um, and then and then B, you're looking to either rake it out or punch it out. And, and I think that's probably what he's talking about. It's not the massive explosive hit because you're only going to get so many of those. Um, but but raking the ball, being a ball hawk and, and trying to rake that thing out, punch it out. If you're second guy to the ball, you're, you're going after the ball. You're first guy to the ball, you you got to secure the tackle. But if you're second or third, you need to come in there trying to rake it or punch it out, get the ball on the ground. All right, uh, Jerry, you have anything for Coach right now? Hey, uh, I think a big point of focus for teams playing Texas the rest of the way is going to be a little tempo on offense and quarterback run game. Mm-hmm. Um, from your perspective, uh, quarterback run game, does that – can teams neutralize Ford's strengths doing that? And what, what, how would you attack that differently if you were Texas moving forward? Because they're going to be hit with it starting Saturday. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about that, and I heard Rod talking about it also, and I, and I completely agree. I think kind of what Bobby said uh, is the key to this is – I've said it now for two or three weeks. If you can get an odd front, rush three, have a fourth ad with somebody like Anthony Hill, drop Ford out in coverage – and, and you can take advantage of the best of both worlds where Ford is more in coverage. He's not, he's not uh, compromised there between trying to drop, you know, 15, 20 yards deep and still be able to come up and, and tackle the quarterback in, in a tremendously huge amount of space. Let Hill be that fourth ad in the three down front. Uh, again, I, I don't know that we're going to play any more of that, but that would be an easy answer. Um, and then if you're in the four down front, it's going to come down to compress the space with your pass rush lanes. But then – if you're in a four down front, you're you're putting you're putting Ford in that compromising position where he's got a he's got to drop to the middle of the field to protect the middle of the field, but then he's also going to be able to stop the quarterback scramble. We have a, a question here from a viewer that I'm going to ask you, and he says, "How mo- how motivated do you expect Texas to be Saturday after having to stew over the loss and watch that OU film during the bye week?" I think we'll be highly motivated. Uh, like like Bobby and I talked about lunch with the coach. It's so much easier to coach after a loss, um, a loss in an open week. You, Coach Sark and, the, and those coaches have had their undivided attention now for two weeks. 
Um, you know, it's not a deal where we're sitting here undefeated. We're thinking we're better than we, what we are. Uh, we're, we're reading our press clippings. We're listening to our girlfriend. We're listening to our parents. Um, we're, we're reading social media about how great we are. Two weeks now, we just got our butt beat. Sark and the coaching staff are, are, are grinding hard on them, and uh, I think we'll come out very highly motivated. Hey, Brian, anything in particular you're looking for Texas to do on offense to U of H that they haven't already done or to focus on? Or is Sark – I mean, he's got the running game going. He's got the passing game going. He's got the yeah. best of both worlds on offense except for one thing, and that's scoring touchdowns. Is there anything on offense you're looking for him uh, for this week? Yeah, to be like big time efficient the rest of the year in short yardage and goal line. Um, that's that's what I'm looking for. Just big time efficient, big time productive. Uh, if it's fourth and one, championship ball clubs get it. They, they, there's no doubt about it. Championship ball clubs go get the the fourth and a half a yard, the fourth and one, um, and then and then the same thing. You know, if it's third down and, and one in a, in a backed up situation, or we're down on the goal line. And, and we've got to get that thing punched in. Championship ball clubs, and it's first and goal from the one. You know, I keep thinking about it. I was thinking about it again this morning. Uh, you know, Jay Witt gets tackled on the on the two-foot line against Oklahoma, and we none of us thought that was a big deal. We thought we were going to punch it in. But, you know, championship ball clubs have to get that thing punched in. So I think we'll be – we'll have a plan. Uh, we'll know what we want to do, and that's probably a combination of the red cap and, and a power package. And, and we'll work that plan and be efficient doing it. I think the other thing, Bobby, that I'm, I keep going back to is I, it's playoff football. It's playoff football. We're, we're in that stretch now where, in, you know, in high school, you, you got to win six to win it all. And, and right now we're in, a, we're in a position where we got to win, you know, seven to get to the big one, right? We got to win six to get to the Big 12 championship. And then we got to win seven to get to the big one. And um, I, I always see this time of year, as a time when another guy is going to step up, yeah. another young guy. We always had a young guy, a JV guy that, that jumped up to varsity, and during this during the playoff run, they took that next step and became a, a star, somebody that you could really look towards for the next year. And we've had a number of freshmen play really, really well this year, but I think Jontae Cook is is the next guy. I think he's the guy we need to to have a big second half of the year. Every time he's touched the ball, it's been dynamic and so i would like to see us get a plan for him a package for him get him you know six seven eight touches uh, six, call it six touches a game and uh see what he can do with it interesting news right that's an interesting one because he certainly uh, is a guy that could add scoring potential uh mm -hmm. to the offense uh, as sark tries to, to get more efficient in the in the red zone and with the offense overall uh you know we talk about this the red zone and the red cat etc uh, U of H uh, themselves, not very good on defense, uh, guys. Uh, they're 120-something or 110 or something like that in, in national defense. Listen to this stat, okay? Houston is giving up greater than 50% of third and fourth down conversions right now. Wow. Can you imagine that? I mean, if, if you're a defense, Texas fans would be going nuts right now if their defense was mm. – Given up greater than 50% on third and fourth down. Uh, of course, the Cougars themselves, Brian, are coming off a big win over West Virginia, one that they thought they had let slip away, and maybe their coach's tenure at, at uh, as head coach with it. Yeah. Uh, but they, you know, snatched a, a victory from the jaws of defeat. Mm -hmm. Explain a, a team like that gets rolling. What, what do you think that the Cougars are feeling right now? A little bit invincible, maybe, even though they've Clearly, I don't know what the Cougars are feeling, but but Dana Holgerson feeling like a million dollar man because uh, <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't watched a lot of Houston, but I did watch the the, the last quarter of the last game, and uh, you know the, the the announcers are just writing him off. I mean, he's done, right? They they he's fired. They they said this is it. They've lost the game. He's done. Uh, Dana looks sick over there on the sideline, and all of a sudden he's one hell mary away from buying himself another couple of weeks, but I think that's probably all it is, is, is um, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to put a shot in the arm. You are who you are. And, and um, I, I, I think we're going to be able to handle these guys. And, and I think Houston's uh, not, not in good shape right now. Yeah. And I think it's two weeks in a row guys. 
You knew Brett Venables was going to throw everything. Kitchen sink at that game, right? Especially after losing 49-0. Holgerson's on borrowed time. He's throwing the kitchen sink Saturday. He's going to try to make it a shootout. He is going to throw everything. If anybody doesn't expect that, they haven't watched many guys with their backs against the wall. Uh, He's throwing everything at Texas, and I think he's going to do it early Saturday. Yeah, just not not just the, the schematic throwing everything at the wall from trick plays to fake punts to All of it. field goals. But the like Bobby and I talked the other day, uh, the fourth down, going for it on fourth down. It's it's going to be a four down game, I think, yeah. for them. And that's what we're going to see a lot the second half of the season. You know, going back to your original question, Jerry, you know, we're going to see a lot of that the rest of the year. People we play know that they're going to need to utilize four downs. They've got to stay on the field offensively. They got to possess the ball. They got to keep our offense on the sideline got to frustrate us, make us try to make us panic a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's back those days. I, I'll never forget my craziest. You, you won't believe this, Jerry, but I, I, I wouldn't sleep when we play Santa Fe. You know, Santa Fe ran the wishbone and they're going to use four downs. Yep. They play keep away from us. And we literally get like three possessions in the first half, three possessions in the second half. And that's the most frustrating and, and, and most panic feeling you can have as a coach to know that your possessions are going to get minimized. So I think that's what the our opponents are going to do, starting with Houston. Hey, by, by the way, something, something the coach will have interest in, obviously being that Lamarck, how things have changed, Dickinson's freshman class is off the charts special. They mm-hmm. beat Atascacita by uh, something like 35 in a freshman game. So all those guys that Coach Irwin used to coach, a lot of their kids are now coming through Dickinson High. Yeah, yeah, they, they've got a lot of talent up there. <laughs> hey, Brian, a couple of more questions for you before we let you go. We appreciate you stepping in. This is Brian, Coach Brian Irwin, uh, former Lamarck High School head coach, two-time state championship uh, coach, also a University of Texas graduate. I, I worked with him uh, while uh, we were both at the University of Texas. Brian, the, the question that, that comes down, you were there in the 1990 game of U of H versus uh, Texas in uh, DKR. Uh, is that the loudest game you remember uh, as a student at Texas and one of the loudest games you've ever been part of? Yeah, that was crazy. That was, that was nuts. Uh, uh, that, that, that was a deal. They, they broke our heart that night, you know, and, uh, uh, but that was loud, chaotic, and um, just, just an unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah. I, I remember David Klingler, or I guess it was Klingler and Chuck Witherspoon, those guys uh, running out there, but Stanley Richard really, uh, Played a great game. Texas had yeah. a great plan. Uh, Brian yeah. Jones played a great game at middle yeah. linebacker and stopped Chuck Witherspoon on those little screen passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Longhorns, I felt like, just uh, had a better had a better game plan. Came out and executed uh, yeah. against the, against a Cougar run and shoot that really hadn't been stopped that often. Right. Yeah, they they had some tremendous teams back then and. And they could they could lock the scoreboard up. I mean, it was going ding, ding, ding. So it's hard to stop them. Got it. All right, uh, Brian. Thank you so much, buddy, uh, for hanging out with us this morning. Uh, we appreciate you uh, very much. Uh, as always, we look forward to lunch with the coach on Monday afternoons as well, bud. You bet. Thank you, guys. Take care, coach. All right. Well, Bobby, you you got to answer this question because it came up like twenty times this show. Uh, and Isaiah Stewart, I mean, 20 different people. Bob, you need to know where you got that hat. Phenomenal cap there. I, well, I can't, I have to be honest. I, I saw this hat on Andrew Kelson about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And I said, I've got to have that hat. Um, it is uh, from Academy. Uh, and uh, it, Drew sent me the uh, the link and I had to buy it uh, and get it sent to me. But it, it's, uh, it's a sweet cap. It's I kind of, if you guys haven't noticed, I kind of collect Texas hats, uh, love them around here. And so, uh, yeah, this is one of my favorites right now. Uh, I just kept seeing it come up. I thought we might as well get yeah, to the answer. Love it. <laughs> well, you're watching Coffee and Football presented by Austin Underground. And guys, I saw this comment right before, co- or right when Coach came on. So I started wanting to make sure that I brought it to y'all's attention. But Dan Field says, proof of progress. We're nitpicking fumble counts as opposed to blown coverages, no pass rush, lack of effort, et cetera, of the recent past. And I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on that. I, I think that we've talked about it. Texas is improving right now. There is no doubt about that, uh, Blake. And, and so the question 
that we have is or the, the thought process. It's not linear. It's not a straight run up. It's going to be bump ebbs and flows until you you're going in the right direction. But Texas is five and one. When's the last time Texas has been five and one? I mean, I, I, I'll have to go back and look, but it's been a long time. Um, and it's not like they really and beat a top five opponent on the road pretty convincingly. It's been a long time. And so I think the program directionally right now is headed in the right uh, right way. Uh, and there's no doubt about that. And we are nitpicking, but that's a good thing. I mean, I, I look at that as a, a step, a major step in the right direction. And then speaking of nitpicking, one other comment I thought I wanted to ask y'all about. Buddy pal, chief big guy says, we've only had one interception in three conference games. Are y'all surprised by that? Um, well, here's the thing. Um, they've only faced one starting quarterback, by the way. So Blake Shapin would have put the ball up in the air more against Texas down the field probably than uh, Foster uh, was asked to do or Sawyer was for Sawyer Roberts was forced to do. Same thing with Kansas. I mean, Jason Bean is not the passer Jalen Daniels is. So um, I, I think uh, we're about to uh, – uh, Texas is about to enter uh, a game where the ball is going to be in the air a little bit more now. Is it going to be in the air where Texas is going to be uh, – it passes to be intercepted potentially? I'm not saying that. Uh, but I do think I do think Texas has – They've had a favorable schedule defensively because they so a lot of the quarterbacks that they thought they were going to face have been injured. And the one thing about that is those guys would have thrown the ball more, taken more chances, thrown the ball down the field a little bit more against Texas. Should have been two with Jaron Thompson. I'll just put yeah. that out there. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Uh, we have a super chat, y'all, from Forrest Eldridge. Thank you, Forrest. And he says, random question, but what freshman do you think makes the biggest jump next year? My money's on Gillette or LaFowl. Hook them and go Astros. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll let Jerry start with this. I have a I have a different thought. I think um, Sadir Mitchell is going to be one. Uh, big guys in year two uh, of a program. Um, I think, uh, look – this may surprise some people, but I'm going to say Anthony Hill as a more developed guy, as more of a pass rush. I think one of the big things that Texas is going to be looking for after this season with Colin Simmons coming in in January, how do we get the more pressure on the quarterback? And I think Anthony Hill is going to have to take on a bigger role there next year because I think some of the young linebackers are good players. Um, I think of a guy like Billy Walton. I think Texas getting pass rush is going to be paramount uh, in future years for uh, Sark. So those are two guys I have uh, my eyes on. And then a third guy, um, if you if you wanted me to bring a third guy, would be Cedric Baxter. Because I think Cedric Baxter physically, uh, with another year in a strength and conditioning program, another year farther removed from Florida high school football, is going to look like a different guy. Um, I'm not going to go with anybody that's really played much. Uh, because he went with Gallette, who hasn't played, I don't I, I don't think at all. LaFowle, who has played some, uh, who I think is going to be a good player. I, I, I'm going to go with Warren Roberson, uh, Ryan Niblett. Uh, those two, in my opinion, are the ones that, that uh, and then Billy Walton I would put in there, but he's played a little bit more. But Roberson and uh, Ryan Niblett, I continue to hear good things about behind the scenes. So that is a... That's not the typical guys you would think of. I've heard good things about Darren Gillette, too, by the way. But those would be the two that I would put out there. I, and one thing about Ryan Niblett, too, why that's an important uh, one for Bobby, I think, is Sark on his Monday press conference talked about, we have to get more aggressive in our return game. Well, that guy's an explosive athlete, and look for him in the return game next year. All right, this next question kind of uh... – 
coming off that one or piggybacking off that one. Horns fan 224 says, how likely is it that we improve next year from this year, even after losing a lot of starters? It's not likely. It's not likely that Texas is a better team next year. Let, let's be clear. This, it, it's just not unless they do some wonderful things in the portal. Um, I, I, I will say that. Now, if they find a couple of defensive tackles, if they find a, a receiver or two, then we can talk about some different things. But um, right now, they're going to lose eight to ten guys to the NFL draft. I mean, they're not going to be – it's just like TCU's not better this year than they were last year, right? You don't lose that many. Texas is, and, and Steve Sarkeesian are still building this roster. Uh, they don't have three full years of great recruiting. They only have two. Next year, they'll get to three, but they're still going to be young. So there's Texas is still building this. This, this is not, okay, we're here and we're here for good. Steve Sarkeesian still needs to keep recruiting well. Texas still needs to, to add to this roster. I think year two of the SEC, actually, Texas will be full full bore. That's that's when I think all those guys, uh, it's going to start coming home to roost. I, I agree with Bobby partially. I think Texas uh, is going to do very well in the portal. I, I, I'm not sure there's going to be a big drop-off next year. I, I just think they've recruited too many good players too much speed, too much talent. Um, somebody's talking about uh, going up to Ann Arbor. Michigan's going to lose a hell of a lot off their team now. A hell of a lot. Um, so just keep that in mind. I mean, they, they have seven offensive linemen with NFL grades starting in the year. That means seven guys are eligible to leave. Uh, so I think Texas will be older on the offensive line, a uh, year stronger. Uh, I, I think some of these really, really talented young kids are going to look totally different next year. Um, and they're getting enough experience. And I, I expect Texas to do really well in the portal. And if that happens, I'm not sure there's going to be much fall off. I, I think Sark is, uh, I think Sark's got the talent level on this team headed in the right direction. They need to find a punter in the portal. All right. Well, we talked about next year, but let's go back to this year. Fresh 6473 says, Good morning, gents from Baghdad, Iraq. Does Texas score 50 plus points? And at least one of the games left on the schedule this season. And if they do, which team do you think it'll be against? <laughs> I, you know, I don't think so. Um, it, it not unless they start getting in the red in, not unless they can really get into the end zone more efficiently. I, I just, I don't see that uh, right now. Fresh uh, six, four, three. Thank you for your service. I don't think you're in Baghdad, Iraq out of the goodness of your heart. Or excuse me, out of out of a business. I think you're there for the for the country. I appreciate you. I, I appreciate that. Um, I just, Jerry, do you see them? I mean, they could pop a fifty on somebody. They have. I mean, Texas uh, U of H has given up forty nine and thirty nine the last two games. If Texas doesn't have a turnover Saturday, I could see it because Houston's going to try to get into a shootout. Fair. They're going to try to get eighty five snaps in that game. Yeah, and not including, by the way, overtime games. That would be a different category. Right. You just start adding points like that. I don't think – it's like somebody mentioned BYU. That would surprise me. I, I just don't – I mean, the, the the interesting thing about the next two games for, te, for me is neither team runs the ball well or stops the run well. Uh, and so I think you're going to see, you know, BYU gave up 44 last week to TCU. Hell, BYU gave up 27 to Cincinnati who can't score on all of us, okay? So BYU's got some issues too. Um, I think what's interesting the next two weeks is neither team stops the run while Texas is playing. So if they have to – if they in their mind they have to load up, then Texas is going to have some big play opportunities in the passing game. If they hit on those, then suddenly they might put up a 50-burger, as, as the uh, commenters like to say on, on a couple of people. We'll see. All right, guys. Well, before we move on to the next question, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Austin Underground. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Austin Underground and the folks uh, with Rick Vavro and his team there uh, help create a commercial, uh, a commercial installation underground of major projects in and around the Austin area. Uh, they have an engineering team, a design team, all of that set forward for you guys. If you're looking to get major projects done, that need extra help, uh, make sure you check out Rick Vavro and his team at austinunderground.com. We dig 
Austin is what they say. Uh, we appreciate Rick and his uh, sponsorship of Thursday's Coffee and Football. Uh, he's got quite a team there at Austin Underground. Thank you very much. Okay, let's move on. we got another super chat, y'all. Uh, this one from Jay Lee. Thank you, Jay. He says, I hope Jimbo stays. I'm petrified that A&M, who will be desperate, will go after Urban. Doesn't that scare you? It does me, Bobby. No, no, because I, I think Urban will look under a hood and wish he'd have taken Texas. Um, but uh, somebody said Coach Lanning and Jeff Trailer. I think that I think their list will start at Kalen DeBoer, who would be a fantastic hire if they ever would ever to get to that point, and then go down to uh, a Jeff Trailer and um, uh, and then down from there. Bobby, I. My, I think Urban Meyer is, I mean, what's he going to do? I mean, you know, I, I think he's proven that he may not be, that juice may not be worth the squeeze, uh, if that makes sense. Um, I, I think that uh, Kellen DeBoer is probably looking at an NFL gig pretty soon, guys, given his offensive ingenuity. Uh, so I would be aware of that. Uh, Jeff Trailer, I think, makes a lot of sense at AM, and uh, given his East Texas background. At the same time, you know, how do you get out from underneath a $75 million contract? I mean, they're going to owe, they're going to owe the entirety of a full year's revenue from the TV deal to Jimbo Fisher if they fire him. I mean, I know that, 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 that we're talking about, you know, money here and that shouldn't necessarily be it, but that's a lot of money. I mean that that is a ton of money to give up for a university. Well, and you, and you're probably taking it to 85 with the rest of the staff, 85 to 90. Oh, easy. I mean, you think Bobby Petrino came for free? No. And is is only on a one year deal? I mean, I I I just my take on it, Jerry, and, and all. If if you do that, this is what was so stupid about the deal in the first place. I mean, you had no outs. You're basically giving this guy carte blanche over your entire wealth your entire football program and the, it's a one-man fail safe i mean it's just dumb bad bad contract great for jimmy sexton the agent he did a great unbelievable game. but boy I'll tell you what that's ugly I, my bet my, here's my one bet AM's next hire is not a Jimmy Sexton client. Don't <laughs> <laughs> well, start looking up that. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Let's move on to some more questions here. Trey Day says, hey, Bobby, is it fair to assume that the Texas defense will struggle, struggle to create turnovers until they can sack the quarterback more yes. regularly? Yeah, yes. absolutely. I think that's where a lot of the fumbles come from, right? You dislodge the quarterback from the football. Forced, uh, forced, forced throws under duress. Yes, and so that that is absolutely it, Trey. I mean, you're 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 spot on. I think I would like to see. I know Brian was like, well, maybe a little bit harder hits, etc. Look, I I don't know that this is a hard hitting team. I mean, Jade Barron is a is not a hard hitter, right on the edge. Now Ryan Watts could be. Uh, Jaron Thompson not necessarily a hard hitter. Uh, Jalen Catalan is, but he's only playing a quarter of the time. I, I, I'd i like to see Texas get more physical on defense. Hey, hey, by the way, Christopher Lyons, bring that up on Jimbo's contract. If that's right, that's amazing. He says the word is that his contract states they would have to pay 25% within 60 days and the rest would be prorated to end of his contract. 25% of $75 million in the first 60 days. 18 and a half. That'll buy a nice house on Jupiter Island. <laughs> Jerry, you're enamored with Jupiter Island so much. It's hilarious. I mean, Saban just paid 18 for his. Uh, Tigers is about 70. So you know, you'd, be, you'd be in between that with that type of buyout. Man. Woo. I can't even imagine. <laughs> All right. Uh, I know y'all touched on this yesterday a little bit, but Helio Castillo says, is there anything of, of note to why Bryant isn't in the rotation at defensive line? Um, there's just better players ahead of him. I, I think the, the reality for, for Aaron Bryant is uh, his patience will be tested um, at Texas because, look, I mean, we talked about they're different players, but Vernon, we talked about last night, Vernon Broughton coming on this year 
kind of push some other guys back. And they're different players, but it just takes away snaps. Um, and Trill Carter's finally getting healthy, right? And he's starting to play more. Um, and that was what by him being added, that really pushed Bryant down. So Bryant's a uh, you know, he's he's good at the point of attack, uh, anchoring against the run, but outside of that, um, you know, the he's gotta have some patience if he's gonna stick. And then the next question, we've talked about the defensive line, so let's talk about the O-line. Chris Young says, as far as our run game is concerned, do we vary our offensive line splits? I haven't paid much attention to this. Given that Brooks is great at slipping through creases, could we increase our splits a bit? Jerry, uh, Eric Nalene and I talked about this a little bit. Uh, What was interesting that Eric, a stat that Eric came up with uh, yesterday in State of the Program, Texas actually runs more tight formations than any team in the country right now yet they're able to spread the field somehow and get all these big plays so i don't know that they're going to try to vary them chris i think that sark likes running from the tight formations and i think he likes playing from the tight formations because maybe it gives his receivers uh more space ultimately to run to that that's not being picked over by a zone defense of some sort uh, it's a fair question, Chris. Uh, I don't know the answer. I'm, I'm not an, I, I can't give you the, the ins and outs of splits on the O-line like some people could. I'll ask Brian Irwin. I think Brian Irwin would be a good person to ask that in the future. All right. This next question I'm going to take from the Inside Texas Forums, and it's uh, from Pocono Longhorn. He says, do y'all think that Paul Christ is making any difference? Is he part of Brooks' success? It seems like he would have some good ideas for our goal line issues. I, I think that, look, the the reality of it is, is Steve Sarkeesian's been coaching football for, what, 30 years? Um, been part of uh, championship teams. I think he's going to look inwards on his staff, whether it's Paul Christ, whether it's A.J. Milwee, whether it's Kyle Flood. Uh, as the offensive line coach and try to get this rectified. Uh, I, I will say this, and this is a uh, part of the, the overall discussion. It's not so much red zone offense that is concerning to a lot of people. It's short yardage and goal line, right? It's, it's, can you score from the one or two? It's, can you make fourth and one or two? It's not always about this idea that you have to score from the the 10 or the 12 or the 18. Uh, And I think that's where Texas needs to get better. Uh, If Texas has first and goal from the nine against Houston and doesn't score, uh, that's a problem. I think they need to, I think they need to use the receivers a little bit more in the red zone. They've been reluctant to at some level uh, because they don't want to turn the ball over. Uh, You saw what happened against OU when they did that. And it was a bang, bang play. And JT Sanders uh, got, dislocated from the ball. So um, I I don't think Sark wants to put his quarterback in harm's way, but I think he needs to start doing it a little bit more, uh, particularly on early downs in the red zone. And then we're talking about the red zone, Bobby, but let's also talk about in between the 20s uh, with this next question. Brandon Fennell says, where do we lean for offensive production against this Houston defense? Does Quinn get the spotlight? Is it smash mouth with Brooks? The offense has an opportunity to make gains. I think you're looking at a 300-200 type game. 300 passing, 200 running. That's what they're going to look for. I, that's what I was talking with the with the Coach Irwin just a few minutes ago. I don't think Steve Sarkeesian is going to try to focus on any one way. He's going to try to focus on, on beating you every way. Uh, and that will make him more challenging to defend later in the game as well. And that means – you can run the ball with Jonathan Brooks. If you can throw the ball with Quinn Ewers, what kind of defense do you really dial up? Like, I mean, that's, that's what he wants. And obviously Sark has the press conference today at 11. So we'll get updates on injuries and things like that team health, but we're also getting a lot of questions about it in the meantime. So D Cruz and a lot of other people have asked any, any injury updates on Jatavion Sanders, Hudson majors and Ross. I think the the key uh, there is Bobby mentioned it earlier. Chris Ross, actually, I'll start with him. We, we were asked about that last night. I actually hope somebody asked Sark about him specifically today. I was at North Shore High School last week, and the staff who's, you know, those guys are dialed in with their ex-players. They hadn't even been told when Chris Ross was expected back. So 
that tells you it's probably not soon, but I would be interested to see if somebody asked specifically about Ross today as a follow-up to injury uh, questions. Uh, but what Bobby said earlier, Majors is ahead of Hudson on Monday. That's what Sark said. JT, all those guys were in practice Monday is what Sark said. Uh, but he said by today he'll have more about players' availability. But that meant Catalan. All those guys are practicing. I, I don't think Chris Ross is one of those guys. But everybody else practiced Monday. So we should hear in the next couple hours here uh, the availability. Uh, because Sark's pretty transparent about availability or who he thinks will be available. I got this question from Zane Petty. Has Derek Williams been cross-trained to play field safety? Would Williams replacing Thompson help this defense? I don't think that they, that he's been as cross-trained. You're not going to do that because he's a freshman, guys. You're just not going to do that to the kid. Um, and and so I I think that uh, if you if you try to get him that much in his brain right now, you need him to react and be good to go on field or to, to play boundary. Uh, and so that's ultimately it may help it, but I don't expect that to really become part of it until bowl game time when they have three or four weeks for him to really prepare and get going on it. And then we have lots of recruiting questions, guys. So we'll get to some of those. Uh, let me see here. Buddy Pal, Chief Big Guy says, is there a player from the state at another school who might be a potential transfer? like? Mitchell, and no, I don't mean Evan Stewart, but also, Jerry, I'm going to roll that into two here because uh, Steve Sedaris says, I know you can't name names, but have you heard whispers of any big players who might enter the portal who would be interested in Texas? I mean, we heard a name uh, of a player, but I just think the kid will end up in the NFL draft. And so I think a lot of that talk right now is, oh, uh, this guy could enter the portal. Um, Texas would be a school he'd have interest in for sure, but he also has an NFL draft decision to make. A lot of times those guys end up in the NFL draft. I agree with Jerry. You got to be careful thinking about it too far ahead of time. Look, they got to get a tight end. They got to get some defensive line. They need a wide receiver at the very least, someone that's caught 40, 50 passes uh, that has some uh, durability. Uh, Texas is going to go all in on the portal, in my opinion. They need 100%. to. Especially receiver. Before we uh, get on to high school recruiting questions, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Rick Valvro and Austin Underground one more time. Yeah, since 2004, Austin Underground has specialized in difficult underground commercial installations. Uh, Rick Valvro and his team's engineering background gives Austin Underground the ability to perform work other firms often consider too risky. Rick and his team offer an end-to-end -end client experience, including seamless communication, budgeting, staffing, and top-notch trade partners. And most importantly, they produce solid quality work every time. That's Rick uh, Rick Valro and his team at Austin Underground. Rick's a proud UT grad and a sponsor here of On Texas Football's Coffee and Football on Thursday morning. We appreciate you, Rick. All right, Jerry. Let's see here. There's lots of them. So Zane Petty asks, are you concerned we will not finish strong in recruiting this year? Is top five out if or when Wingo is gone? Top five's not out yet. I mean, look, let's see what happens. I mean, the co coaching carousel can get crazy. Um, I, look, and I'm not saying Jimbo's getting fired, but look at what's going on with AM. I mean, so uh, that's uh, things like that get interesting. How does Florida's uh, regular season end here? Are there questions about that? Look, I'm going to post a uh, Flips 1.0 uh, article here in about 20 minutes on Inside Texas. It'll kind of see how many possibilities there are out there. The staff recruits through the whistle, um, and I, I think Texas still has a, a decent shot there. And then Terrell Hennigan says, how many recruits on our board start to take us seriously once we actually start playing games in their city slash area next year? Oh, um, that's interesting. It's a good question. I, I think uh, I think more than the city area, like having a bunch of Georgia kids at Alabama game is big because those kids have never seen Texas in person. So the first time they ever watched Texas in person, and I think Alabama had more 25s and 26 from the state of Georgia than anywhere else at that Texas-Bama game. 
The first time those kids saw Texas, their first impression of Texas was, wow, they just beat Alabama. That was a fun team to watch play. Uh, they had guys running free. They were scoring touchdowns. They made big plays. Guys were making sacks. Um, and, and the talk coming out of there was that, uh, um, you know, Texas physically beat up Alabama. That was impressive. So, yeah, I think that matters uh, more than maybe where you play. Uh, but I, I, I think it's a great question. Look, I'll say this. I just don't think Texas is, is going to have issues attracting kids uh, any, at this point. They got to go win their games. They, they got to they gotta take care of the business the rest of the way. Uh, but even the Oklahoma game, I've said this before. Even, I would have said this if Oklahoma lost 30-27. There was not a recruiting loser in that game if you were in the stadium. As long as both teams go on and have good seasons. Um, so uh, there's not a recruiting loser in that game. There was every kid in the stands that left that game said, I could play for those two places. That was an unbelievable atmosphere. I could play uh, for those two schools. So there was not a recruiting loser. But uh, Bobby may have a, a take on that question. I think, look, I think Florida going to Texas, I don't think it matters when Texas plays in Gainesville, but I think Florida going to Texas next year, that helps Texas. Fair enough. All right. We have a question here. Not, I mean, somewhat Texas related, but not 100%. But uh, Ryan Nelson says, Bobby and Jerry, what job do you think that Coach Kenny will get next? Uh, you talk about G.J. Kenny, the uh, former former Texas recruit, spent a yeah. year on the 40 Acres. Uh, uh, dad was a high school coach in East Texas for a long time. Uh, he is now the head coach at Texas State after spending a couple years at Incarnate Word. Jerry, my my thought on this is I think that that uh, Mac Rhodes and Baylor may oh, have wow. a, a little something for him uh, right now, sooner rather than later. He, of course, is the the coach that made uh, that Texas State literally put it on Baylor earlier this year. Uh, Mac Rhodes, I think, wants to go offense in this next hire. Uh, he sees that uh, that 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 is his way, maybe to to trying to figure out and getting some energy into the stands right now. Baylor has a fairly loyal fan base, but it, it, it ebbs and flows with how good the team is doing. And right now it's ebbing <laughs> would be the best way to put it. Uh, and I think Mac Rhodes as a seasoned AD, uh, I, I'm not so sure that, that Dave Aranda, two years removed from winning the Big 12 with uh, Matt Rule's players, isn't looking to potentially – uh, I don't know. I think they may be looking for a new coach in Waco. Yeah, I, I think Jeff Trailer or GJ Kenny will be the next coach at Baylor. I, I somebody saying no loser. OU was the big winner. I didn't talk about a winner. I said there was no recruiting loser in the game. If you listen to what I said, and it's true, there's always a winner. But there was no recruiting loser in that game in the Red River Showdown that day. I'm just telling you. Talk to kids. Okay, let's see. We have a yeah, question. Ray Peters. Uh, Gary Joe Kenny was a linebacker at Baylor, very tied into Baylor. Uh, we got time for a few more questions, guys. Jesse 13 says, How would you guys rate Ethan Burke's performance post Bama game? Um, I, I wouldn't rate it very highly. Uh, he's getting exposed a little bit because teams are now seeing they can run at him a little bit. That's the reality of it. Um, and so uh, given that, I, I think that, you know, we're going to have to see Ethan Burke continue to, to get stronger. Uh, his best days are ahead of him, in my opinion. Uh, but he's just one year removed from being a full-time football player. I mean, you guys got to remember, he was playing this time last year is the first time he committed himself for a for football. Uh, he, had, he's, he was playing lacrosse a year and a half ago. So I, I feel like that, that that's going to be one. Uh, that is interesting. If Texas can get more out of him down the stretch here, uh, particularly rushing the quarterback, Brian uh, Irwin mentioned guys stepping up as the season wore on. If Ethan Burke steps up, that would be a real boon for the Longhorns. And we got some uh, NFL draft type related questions here. Joel McWaters preaches sometimes, says, is Alfred Collins going to be one of those guys that's a better pro than college player? I, I would think so. That, yes, yeah, so that's my opinion. Bobby. He needs to get a little bit better against the run. 
He's going to be asked to do more things against the run than he's asked to do, than he's been really asked to do at Texas. Um, and that means anchoring a little bit better than he does. So I don't know is my, my answer. I'm a little bit different than Jerry on that. And then Rick Serda here says, is Ford too slow as a linebacker for the NFL? No, he'll be a seven, eight year guy in the NFL. In my opinion. Now, will he be a starter? Will he be, I mean, he also has longer arms than say a guy like Malik Jefferson, right? Um, he has, he's a bigger guy. I, I think, I think Jalen Ford will play a long time in the NFL. I really do. And then uh, last question for today, guys comes from Rob Enfield. He says the Texas and OU went out and they meet for the championship and Texas wins. OU would be 12 and one. Texas would be 12 and one. Who would proceed? The winner of that game. Yeah. Whoever, whoever that game, that whoever wins that game would proceed. Uh, the, the thing that would hurt Oklahoma in that is Texas won the last game and, and Texas played a tougher schedule. And Texas is more talented. Yeah. That, with that win at Alabama will carry weight if Alabama keeps winning. Correct. Even if Alabama goes 10 and two and lose another game. That's that's something tech, uh, Oklahoma can't com, compete with if Texas beats them in the Big 12 championship. All right, guys. Well, Bobby, before we get out of here, I'm going to let you tell everybody what you got coming down the pot today on, on Texas football. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul Wadlington and I break down uh, the game, the Texas U of H game in the tail of the tape uh, today around noon. Uh, Ian and Rod have football theory this evening. Uh, that's going to be a, a must watch for a lot of football fans that really like getting into the X's and O's. Uh, of the game. Uh, we also have a number of things coming down the pipe on Inside Texas itself. Uh, remember, if you are interested in a subscription to Inside Texas, it's where Jerry, myself, uh, Coach, I mean, just, just about everybody participates at Inside Texas on the message boards as well as uh, as well as well articles. Right now, there's a special $1 for two months. You have to select the monthly offer. It's promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. InsideTexas.com, your source for Longhorn football and recruiting news. Okay, guys. Well, we want to thank all of you for tuning in. Thank you for the super chats. Of course, we want to thank Austin Underground for sponsoring today's show along with Prize Picks and Manscapes. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We would definitely appreciate that. Ring the bell so you're notified anytime a new video is posted. And hey, also don't forget to go tomorrow morning. We'll be drawing the winner for the uh, Xavier Worthy card. So you got to go to the On Texas Football Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Again. Retweet that treat and then uh, tweet. And then tomorrow morning we will draw that. So for Jerry Hamilton and Bobby Burton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome. <laughs>